You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. From the TCL studios, it's Mackie and Judd. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hold on. Wait for it. Wait for it. Football! Football, yeah! yeah! Football! Football! Yeah! Gotta eat! Gotta it is the football hour. It's Zolgad, Matthew Collar, Courtney Cronin, TCL Broadcast Studios. All right, kids, let's get right to it. The NFL trade deadline for most of my life is, to be blunt about it, sucked. It's really boring and nothing happens. And like a seventh-round pick gets traded for some backup guy and you don't care. Today was great. What, the Packers made two trades? Fire sale. But yeah. Which, which Fire is a, sale in the NFC North, taking I, a look at uh, the I Lions, know, too. I know. Uh, Rams, the Rams get Dante Fowler Jr. from the Jaguars, taking a, a already very good defensive line and making it better. Where should we start, Collar? I'll let you start. Well, my favorite is Ty Montgomery being traded for a seventh-round pick because <laughs> as soon as he fumbled the kick return, yep. you and I in the press box said he won't be playing for the Green Bay Packers next week when he fumbled that. And we looked at Aaron Rodgers, who was freaking out on the sideline, and then it came out later that the Packers had told Ty Montgomery, do not return that ball out of the end zone, which, just as an aside, no one aside from Cordero Patterson should be returning kicks anymore. Now that it's at the 25... <laughs> Most of the time, you see people just get tackled at the 20. You've been telling me this for three weeks now, and by the way, you're absolutely right. How many times since I've been saying this to you have you seen a return past the 25 that wasn't by Cordero Patterson? It's extremely rare. And it's funny because they made these new rules this year to make the kickoff, to save it first off, but to make it quote-unquote more explosive. Which it isn't. No, it hasn't been at all. Safer, maybe. And, And maybe the same thing on punt returns, too, but... How many punt returns have we seen return for a touchdown regularly? It's, I mean, it's still an occurrence, but a lot, lot more, less frequent than uh, than what we've seen in the past. And so, even the, uh, I read that the onside kicks are now harder to recover. That the odds have gone down for an onside kick to be successful because you have to have five guys on each side as opposed to used to be able to have seven guys on one side. Okay. So now they've even gotten rid of that for the most part. That you don't see onside kicks recovered anymore. But. So, um, well, no, I was just going to say, so is the Haha Clinton Dix thing, are they just... He wasn't going to return anyways next year. That's okay. my understanding. I think that I still play... don't get that one, though. That... You're, throw, you're throwing in the towel on a guy, and, and I've, gotten, I've gotten two sets of tweets, because I put the question out there about this trade, and some say he was playing really poorly and wasn't going to return, and the Packers don't care. But I also got some saying it is odd and seems like a weird time to dump a player who did play a lot for you. Any sort of depth that you get rid of in the NFL is weird to me, but if he wasn't playing well and wasn't going to be a big part of what they were going to do the rest of the way, I understand cutting bait because a lot of football teams are probably looking at players like this who are on the last year of their contract, and they're probably saying, look, I mean, we might as well get something for him because hockey's been doing that forever. Yeah. I mean, we we go around on the, on the trade deadline in hockey, and we go, all right, which guys are in the last year of their contract on non-competing teams or they're not playing a big role, they're gone. And it's almost everybody who goes. And maybe football is finally starting to catch up with that. 
My thought is, what is what are the Packers doing here, though? I mean, what is the end objective? I mean, they're still they're still very much within this NFC North race for the division. I mean, there's such a, a rotating door at the top. I mean, I don't think the Bears will stay there much longer. I'm still not on the train to think that they're legit. But what are the Packers doing here by getting that Ty Montgomery trade-off and also the HaHa Clinton Dix right before the deadline? Well, at least Aaron Jones is a good running back, so they'll be okay from that standpoint. Uh, with the Clinton Dix thing, though, it, it, it makes it look like they are bailing on some valuable depth potentially, even if he wasn't playing well, he has in the past, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you're a team that's still in the mix. And with the Lions trading Golden Tate, that really surprised me too because Mm -hmm. that's an explosive player. And with the way this division is, you could see it going any direction. Like you said, the Bears, I don't trust them yet. And with the Vikings, they're just a team that's floating around out there. If the, if the Lions were to get a win this week against the Vikings, they would feel like they were right back in it. So that that surprises me that they would take a mediocre asset and a third round pick and give it to another NFC team yes. in that player. I mean, that you know really what this says, strikes me as this the, the Lions move strikes me as this, and it's just another example. Matt Patricia being involved in a situation where he thinks he's Belichick. Well, Bill would pull this move. Yeah. So I'm gonna do this. It's like, listen, you're a dummy. You're a <laughs> you're you're a smart defensive guy, right? And and you learn from Bill, and that's all well and good. But these guys, these guys who get all haughty and think, I worked for Bill. Now I'm gonna do a Bill like mm-hmm. thing. It's like how often does that work for these stooges? Yeah, the Jamie Collins type of trade where yes. you say, Oh, well, we're not gonna re-sign him, so we're gonna move on, and then they end up in the Super Bowl anyway. Yeah, that usually doesn't work that way, although they do still have weapons. I mean, that Detroit offense was horrendous against Seattle, and their defense was even worse. Yes. But the funny thing about Detroit is they seem to have like this spike or roller coaster going on with their season where they play really terrible and then they play really well against somebody and they play really terrible against someone and they're very hard to predict. So maybe the organization would say, let's just move on from this guy because we're not going to win the Super Bowl this year with this team. And if we're not in that conversation, what's the point? But as far as this week goes, it's good news for the Vikings. I still wouldn't count out that Detroit could give them some sort of run. I think it's good news if Xavier Rhodes plays because Golden Tate has torched him the last few years. I mean, it's, I'm p- particularly thinking back to, I think that was the only 100-yard receiving game that he allowed last year there on Thanksgiving Day in Detroit. Or was that Marvin Jones? No, I mean... Go- or did Golden Tate have one too? Golden, Tate Golden Tate's 2000, had some good, good games against them for sure. 16, 16 was when sorry. Scored the winning touchdown yeah, that was and 16. somersaulted. Yeah. In 16 was the, um, the Thanksgiving game you're talking about. 16 was or when the one he here. juked out Harrison Smith. That was here. Yeah, that in was overtime yep. when Prater hit like the 60-yard field goal to tie the game. So last year was Marvin Jones jumping over Xavier and Terrence on the same play. That's Remember right. that? Yep, on um, the sideline. Well, and that's, and that's the thing is that even though they're giving away Golden Tate, and you're right, he has been an explosive player for them, uh, Marvin Jones is still on this team. Kenny Galladay is still on this team. So it's not a game where you should just say, and they finally have running backs, it's not a game where you should just say, oh, they're tanking, so bye. The thing I'm curious about is, Will their team see it that way and not play, or will they be like, whatever? We're we're gonna try to rise up above this, you know? Like, wh- which way is it gonna go? I would tend to lean toward tanking when the team looks like it's <laughs> the modern athletes. Like, ah, whatever. That's kind of how it feels. I that, like my, you know, what they're gonna do this week. Am I alone in absolutely positively embracing and loving what the Rams are doing here? 
they got their edge rusher. They I got know. exactly what they wanted to already add to that nasty defensive line. That's all fans want, though, right? Like, go out and get it. And 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 the window, by the way, for a team like that, because they'll be saying, oh, they've got five years. No, no, you don't. So I love this move. I love going out and getting and making an impact trade and saying we're 8 0, but you know what? We could be better. I was a little surprised to see the Jaguars move Fowler just because. I mean, the AFC is still pretty wide open, but they must not feel like he's a big part of that defense. He hasn't done and, anything the last, and he's had on the field, off the field issues. I think that that was just a cut ties, move on. This is, we can get some, you know, trade leverage out of this for down the line. But we're sure that he's going to go to the Rams and do well, right? Of course. <laughs> well, you know what, though? This comes back to how do they not fire your guy? How does Tom Coughlin, and I know why he doesn't because he's Coughlin, but. Doug Marone. You got to just go into Doug Marone and pull the plug, don't you? <laughs> Life support. Bang. I didn't mention anything about Marone failing this year. Uh, did, oh no, yes I did. Yeah, I've seen I've seen <laughs> no, that I've seen that play out How's he still coach? Yeah, I've seen that play out before. Why is he still um, the coach? Then? Now, here's the thing, a question for you. Um when you see the Rams add another piece uh-huh. and you see their record and the numbers they put up, and then you kind of look back over at the Vikings, and nothing happened with the Vikings as expected. They had no money. But they the best team got stronger. The second best team just beat you at home. Is there a feeling that there's now a huge separation between those two teams and the Vikings? Like, how big do you think that is? I don't know if it's that big. I think that, I mean, I don't think it's any bigger today necessarily than it was. After the Saints game on Sunday, which and was how which was how big? Like it's considerable. Six I stu- feet, three. Yeah, let's say six. Well, we can go. We can how, go. B- how big is that gap? Because those two teams, Grand Canyon, are clearly better. But yeah. by how much is the question? I think it's a considerable margin. Um, I mean, just to just to go back to the Dante Fowler thing, I think that's a win for him today. Personally, I mean, we won't know how much of a win that is for the Rams until we see how Wade Phillips uses him in that defense. Um, and they've got a really tough test coming up this week. I mean, they traveled down to New Orleans. So I think we'll find out where the Vikings stand after we see those two teams try to kill each other this weekend. But I think it, it, there is still a considerable gap, just given the way that the Saints, how they were able to kind of play prevent there, protect their lead, the way that the Rams ran the Vikings' defense up and down the field. I mean, mm-hmm. offensively, they were really good in both games to a point. But I still think that there is a considerable margin here of those two teams being better down the stretch and, and those two teams being the favorite by far to go the furthest in the NFC. I'm confused after Sunday because of how the Vikings lost that game. If Drew Brees had torched a secondary that didn't have roads, I'd be like, okay, yeah, too bad, but I get it. But your star players lost that game for you by doing unstar player-like things in a playoff environment. I really thought that when we left U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday, I could answer the question, Matthew, that you just asked. I feel like I still can't. I I know that it goes Rams 1, let's say Rams 1, 2, 2.5, Saints after that. But I thought that it would be either Viking Saints, Saints Vikings, but I would know for sure. I don't know. So, uh, Courtney, Judd and I, after the game, we went through a bunch of NFC teams and decided better, worse, or same than the Vikings in the NFC which clearly the Rams and New Orleans are, are better than the mm-hmm. Vikings. They've beat them. They've got better records. But I think when you look at a bunch of other teams, it's really hard to say. Like Chicago, are they better, worse, or same than the Vikings? 
I, that's the one I don't know. This is, re- I, this and is that's a tough, hard. Like, this is really tough. I, I don't know if I'll, I can pick. I'd say the Eagles are a worse team than the Vikings. I mean, yes, they got better today with Golden Tate, but I would be I'd be fine saying if you're if you're going to ask me about that one, I'm fine putting them below the Vikings. Well, and and I was because they're four and four, and the yeah. Vikings are four three and one, and now they just got better. So that's a tough one. Washington is five and two. Is Washington better or worse? Same. Same, maybe. I don't know. I have, I have a hard time with that one. They have a better offensive line. They've got clearly a better run game right now. Is the quarterback play that much better? I don't know. Alex Smith hasn't really been very no. good for them, I mean, and they've still won five out of this, seven. I'm eight. telling you, this was very difficult. How about this one? Carolina. North Turner has the Carolina offense rolling just as you guys all expected. <laughs> they better, worse, or same? I'd, probably, the I'd put them equal. I think so too. I, I think, think that's that, a fair. That's I think equal, fair for them right now. Equal with the potential to be better because their quarterback is more dangerous. But this is the separation I wanted after Sunday. Like this is the separation I thought that that this conversation would be very simple after Sunday, and I'm still very conflicted. And now I don't know. Okay, I got two more. All right, Seattle. After what they just did to Detroit, and Russ is playing like an MVP. Probably better, and I will say that that's going to be really tough for the Vikings. I know everybody thought that their defense was down and out after the Legion of Boom was, you know, disseminated this year. You go, they have to go. I mean, that's going to be hard when you look at these like the next five weeks of the season to go there and win. And you know, coming off a week when you're playing the Patriots on the road, I think that's probably the hardest game on the schedule. Oh yeah, to, I mean, going forward, least, that's going to be that, that is going to be a really tough one for them. And, and I'm with you that I thought Seattle was just going to fall apart. Yeah, but their quarterback is amazing. And you know what they've done? They have fixed that offensive line. They fired Tom Cable, who was their offensive line coach, who was a, a complete embarrassment for them. And now they protect Wilson, and he was making throws all over the place last week. They look like a dangerous team now. And the last one is Green Bay, and I don't think that they're much worse after get, getting rid of Haha Clinton Dix. Maybe he just doesn't fit with what they want to do anymore. But I don't know if Green Bay is better, worse, or same than the Vikings. They tied. (laughs) I think Vikings right now are slightly better. I do, too. Total guess. I think, as we've talked about going into week two, they're better at every other position considerably than at quarterback. But A.A. Ron is still who he is. And I think that he beats the Rams last week if they don't fumble a kickoff. Because when the Vikings had their chance to go tie the game against the Rams at the end, they fumbled. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers would have. I, I think he would have done what he always does. King of the two-minute drive, too. I mean, in that situation where they try to take it out of the end zone, look how much time was on the clock. And there is a sneaky team. The sneaky team is Atlanta. Because I think Atlanta is good. But they got some injuries early in the season on defense, and it was a disaster for them. But they've won their last two games. They're 3-4, and four, and they have a phenomenal offense. So, I mean, the, the whole point of this is there's two teams, and then there's a complete cluster here. Mm-hmm. And what you guys were saying earlier, I think Manny brought up the uh, Detroit being a must-win type of game. And I feel that same way, that if you don't win this game, it's going to be really tough to believe in you going forward because of just the talent that is in the NFC. Football! Football! Yeah! So, much, yeah! so much more football talk yeah! to come. Yeah! Until 6 o'clock, and then, of course, we have the Purple Hour from 6 to 7 with uh, Collar and Cronin. But first, time to talk to my... Mackie and Judd now continue. Well, here we are again. Yes. On 1500 ESPN. All right, check on your traffic. Uh, everything moving smoothly around the metro right now. 494 eastbound, we do have a crash in Oakdale uh, between Tamarack Road and 694 and 94. So... Be on the lookout for that. Otherwise, everything moving rather smoothly, Judd. 
Thank you, sir. Football hour continues. Football! Football, yeah! yeah! Football! Football! Yeah! Matthew Collar, Courtney Cronin join me until 6 o'clock, at which time they'll take over for Purple Life. Uh, NFL trade deadline full of activity today. Starting with you, Courtney, should the Vikings, in your mind, have been active in that market before 3 o'clock? Realistically, sure. If I, Knowing this team, no, because they haven't been in, in years past. I had someone ask me about that on Twitter. Like, well, they traded Moss. Well, that didn't happen at the trade deadline. And the fact is, with this front office, they do their trading in April. Rick loves tra- Rick Spielman loves trading picks around to, you know, get more, lose some, get some more. I mean, that's that's how they get their draft capital. It's never typically. I can't I couldn't think when I was trying to go back and do this, I couldn't think of the last significant trade that they've had around this time. I wasn't surprised that they didn't do anything because with what money on the cap would they have made a move? I, I mean, every day I got tweets about, hey, could they trade for Patrick Peterson? Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, no. I mean, I, I don't know how that would happen. And there is a, a couple of guys from the Raiders and, and even players who would make total sense, a guard or something like that, or a defensive back to add a little bit of depth since Mike Hughes is out for the year. But there's just no cap room. When you have 800000 or so of cap room, you can't afford anyone. And yes, you can rework some contracts, but it's not easy. The player has to agree to do that. And so, yeah, okay, maybe you could get Kyle Rudolph to rework his deal or something. But he has to agree to that, and why would he? Why, you know, why would he want to change his, his deal with you unless there was going to be a major benefit? And if you're planning down the road, are you really going to move all these parts to add somebody who has to come in here and then, by the way, try to make an immediate impact on a team they haven't played for? I right. mean, we talked a lot about being on the same page with wide receivers and everything and how it takes weeks of the NFL season. Despite the fact that they've been together for months, yep. how much effort it takes to learn the playbook. Aldrick Robinson is a good player, but he's only starting now to just get in more plays because it takes a long time to, to learn mm-hmm. what, what you're doing out there. So making trade, and that's why we don't see many. Mm-hmm. Making trades in the middle of the season is just extremely difficult. So I wasn't surprised at all, even though, yes, there are areas where this team is weak. But we never expected, even with the cap situation as it is now, and other things that they did in the offseason where they kept shrinking their cap, George Iloka, Tom Johnson, you know, other moves that were made along the way, this was just never, I don't think it was ever really a possibility. Yeah, we talk in April, okay, they get they they don't get their guard that they need with the first round pick. What could they do in the offseason? Well, you start seeing the days tick off the calendar in the offseason and no moves made. I don't think this is a real, realistic possibility because who at this point of the season is going to trade you a very good team realistically still, even though um, according to Mike Zimmer, it was a Morgan there the other day after they lost. But it's still a very good team. Uh Who's going to trade? Who's going to trade you something substantial when you could be one of the NFC frontrunners? And your point about adding those other players—Tom Johnson, George Iloka—those are kind of like your trades. I mean, even though they were signings because other teams cut them, it would basically be like getting someone else's starting caliber type player. Tom Johnson, a starter on this team last year. George Iloka, a longtime starter for the Cincinnati Bengals. Normally, you can't get those types of players, but they kind of had them fall into their laps because of Iloka's contract situation and whatever the hell Seattle was thinking, letting Tom Johnson Trying go. to bring him back. 
<laughs> they're trying to bring yeah, it didn't back. They it's like say, sneaking him through waivers. Uh, sit out one game and then we'll just re-sign you. Yes, that's exactly Is what that they what said. Is that what they've been telling yeah. David Perry this yeah. whole time? Maybe. Stay, um, stay by, stay I think, close. I actually think that they did. I think that they told oh, that them, happens, yeah. like, we might have to re-sign you and we will. And then they cut him again. But he's um, not going to leave. Like, he's got... He's, he's probably here. His phone is not... With, with Johnson, he probably got, like, four calls yeah. immediately. David yep. Perry's probably like, yeah, I'll just call a lot pizza shop and get some pizza here and wait for the Vikings to call me back. So that's the equivalent yeah. of adding players in the trade. Uh, now the thing is, with Tom Compton injured, Danny Isidore is starting past that, who's playing guard? I mean, they just lost today Colby Gossett, who was a sixth round pick. Arizona signed him off of the Vikings practice squad. So like, who are your guards a- after this? And that would have been the one area where I would say, if there's some guard out there who they've seen on tape that they like. And this was Nick Easton at one point. They saw Nick Easton, they liked him, and they said, we're going to trade you Gerald Hodges for him. Mm-hmm. If there was that trade out there, I could have seen it happening, but any of the big names were not going to end up in Minnesota. When's Riley Reef coming back? You know, I've heard... Do we have any clue? Well, last week, the situation, so he pre- he's limited on Wednesday and Thursday. And then they go inside Friday, which, you know, Mike Zimmer said that he didn't suffer a setback. Maybe it's a di- that they didn't want him on the turf. You you could factor that into this. But um, I had heard that it might be a while, and that was like, you know, two weeks ago. And it is, I mean, it's been since, what, week five when he got injured in Philadelphia. And now we're entering week nine. I mean, foot injuries as an offensive lineman are not something you want to play with. But it just kind of appears right now, given the situation of what we've been told and kind of the the lack of information there, that this might be something that they're without for a while. And someone they're without for a while. You're going to be without Reef. This week is okay. Last week was not okay. Uh, Just watch the tape back last night, and oh my gosh! I mean, they got demolished on both sides, both tackles. Brian O'Neill was abused by Cameron Jordan. Hello and welcome to the NFL, sir. That's not surprising. He was eaten alive in that game. And of course, it makes it worse that you're down. And then Cameron Jordan can just pass rush every time. And it was was rough for him. And it was rough on the other side, too. And in the middle. (laughs) I mean, it was not a great performance by the offensive line. But with Reef out, I mean, maybe you're talking about one more week, Courtney, and then... You get the bye week, and then he comes back? Because either way, they've got to figure out who's going to block Khalil Mack two weeks from now, three weeks from now. I think it'll be Rashad Hill. I don't think it will be Brian O'Neill. Hold on to your butts. That's going to be a long team prayer Uh, right before that game. (laughs) Dear Lord, please help us against Khalil Mack. And, you know, this is a big part of the Kirk Cousins conversation that you guys are having earlier and has been ongoing, that when you bring Kirk Cousins here, one of the problems with not drafting Will Hernandez, or James Daniels, by the way, who plays for Chicago and has been very good. One of the problems with not drafting him is you're not doing everything possible to bolster this quarterback who you know is flawed but very good. I mean, if you look at his numbers through his career when he's protected, he's just fantastic. And you've seen it. 2016. That's right. I mean, 2016, the best offensive line. He's sitting in the pocket. And that's where when we talked about, oh, he's got this great supporting cast. Well, not really, because the offensive line is a big part of that. And if they're going to put on performances in a playoff game like they did on Sunday against New Orleans, they will lose. No quarterback is going to win with that poor performances from their tackles. And he made some great throws under pressure in that game. And that's where when you pay him that much, you can't sign a guard. So it's a little bit like playing the whack-a-mole game where you hit on the quarterback. Like, oh, good, we got our quarterback. But another one pops up that you can't sign an offensive lineman. But that's exactly why common sense tells you to draft a guard. 
Well, right. I mean, that this, was, been the this was fixable. That would have been the solution. You well, never, you never had to do this, this to yourself. They knew this when Kirk Cousins signed on March 17th or yes. whatever it was, and then right around then, too. They want, How many times do I have to say this? When Joe Berger retired, they got marginally worse. Yeah, considerably definitely. worse on the yeah. offensive line. And you think, like just like Matthew said, when you go back to 2016, when he had his best season with Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon, wasn't um, uh, Jameson Crowder was on that team too. Yep. I mean, there's a reason for that because he had time to throw. There's a reason that I believe it was on Kirk's Twitter on his Instagram that picture that he autographed that he says he has in his office in his office of his five offensive mm-hmm. linemen from that season. That's, I mean, clearly that was very much a catalyst for why he was so good that year. You know what's weird? For a guy in Kirk who seems to think a lot and think out loud a lot and played the Jets really smart and got got the Jets to take there and took that to the Vikings and said, I, I want this much now. It's really surprising that, to your point, Courtney, when he signed that contract in March, he didn't say, okay, boys, what's the plan? He got Tom Compton, Tom his Compton. best friend. No, but... Right. No, but <laughs> Wouldn't you have studied that depth chart and been like, well, you're drafting a guard for me, right? So I think that they thought Mike Remmers was going to be a lot better at guard than he is. And I am surprised that they have stuck with this experiment as long as they have yeah. because Brian O'Neill has handled himself in a couple games, in a couple other games, Buffalo and then this one. He's just been mauled and shown that he's just not ready for this. And he was never supposed to be in this position to begin with. He was a tight end two years ago. Right, and that's why I don't understand. They had an opportunity early in the year to say, all right, Remmers, okay, this isn't working really with Rashad Hill as the starter. Let's just kick you back out there to guard. He signed as a guard or as a tackle here. He was a decent tackle last year. Yes. He's a guy that can go toe-to-toe with someone who's really physical on a pass rusher, really powerful. He can do that. And just they've really stuck with this. And it hasn't worked. He hasn't been he's allowed more pressures than any other offensive lineman on the Vikings, which shouldn't happen for a guard. Right. And he hasn't been great in the run blocking, maybe improved recently, but not good overall. And he's a decent tackle. This that move has never really made a lot of sense. No, to they me. they got it right to start 2017. Yes. They actually got it right. And What's real, the O'Neill thing, and, and I get it that he's playing because guys are hurt, but the O'Neill thing that drives you absolutely up the wall and is mismanagement to the nth degree is TJ Clemmings was a converted defensive lineman who they put in too quickly a tackle. Okay, lesson learned. Like drafted a kicker. And there lesson were learned. A few TJ Clemmings moments for Brian O'Neill. But Courtney's right. I don't blame him one bit. Right. He wasn't supposed to play against Cameron Jordan. You're asking him to do something. You drafted him and said, he's a project. And we all said, that's not very smart with a second round pick. And now they're like, well, he's not a project now. Now we're playing him. Well, I mean, that was out of necessity. They had to. I mean, we take a look at their depth right now. Technically, I mean, the guy that they signed to the practice squad today, I mean, there's there have not been any moves made with the 53 yet. Danny Isadora is it. He, I mean, Brett Jones. I mean, Brett yeah. Jones, that's, there's one guy left. Danny Isadora was, there were two reserves. And now it's uh you know six one squatty body the guy that Mike Zimmer <laughs> loves and I've just I mean that one to me is so baffling how they sign this guy he's you know you think that okay he was really good at center for you know a few years there in uh, New York and then he played left guard why have we not seen him and I mean that's that's an argument from five weeks ago that probably was closed then but that one kind of concerns me I think that Isadora is. Uh that he brings a quickness, athleticism that Brett Jones called squatty body by the head coach. Obviously is not. <laughs> if you get called squatty body, you're probably not. Yeah, but you probably got a good anchor. Yeah, he does have a good anchor. Um, 
So now here's an interesting question that comes to mind for me is let's say that I just gave you at this moment $8 million and told you Sheldon Richardson or guard, which one would you take? Because I would take guard right now. I would take guard. I think Richardson's been good. I think you have to take guard. But guard, like the fact that they got Tom Johnson back and Jaleel Johnson's played pretty well, I think you'd much rather have... Linval handles it all himself anyway. Right. I think you'd much rather have spent that money on a guard. I think it's not even close. And there were several in free agency that they could have gone after. Several. Josh uh, Sitton you was know what, right though? there. You guys, I've always contended. I've always contended. They signed Kirk and Zim's like, ah, oh, great, we got our quarterback. And they're like, Zim, be happy. Be chipper. Get me a defensive guy then. That's and then they I bring in Sheldon. Two of and, them, maybe a first round did, pick defensive guy. Did, didn't Zim brag that, that during a key part of of when Cousins was here or something, he was showing Sheldon around the new building. Yeah, I was showing Sheldon around because Sheldon's my he's my defensive guy. I mean, he was watching three technique tape when Sheldon came. That's what here. it was. That's what it he was. He was That's so was. excited about <laughs> upgrading his defensive line. And, that just all of a sudden he's watching three technique tape and this pro and, bowler um, appears. Don't you watch three technique tape? A certain Every reporter night. may That's have laughed in the. I didn't laugh. Press I chortled. I just kind of coughed. There was, there was like a snort. There was not. It you know was, that was is? such a lie. That's rude. That's rude. That you, is you not tweet, rude. You, you tweet and then you chortle. That's <laughs> just what you guys do. Exactly. That's just what you guys do. No, I was just so. I mean, you say the word grinding the tape, and all of a sudden, like, my, my sensory, I just go sensory overload. <laughs> oh, let's take a break. More football <laughs> hour after this. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. Do I have your word on that, sir? Mackie and Judd. Absolutely. On 1500 ESPN. As- what is it you're trying to say? Now, back to Mackie and Judd. What? On 1500 ESPN. TCL Broadcast Studios Football Hour rolls on. Don't forget Purple Live with uh, Matthew Collar, Courtney Cronin, and Manny Hill at 6 o'clock. All right, Courtney Cronin. Detroit on Sunday and then the bye. What is your eight games in now halfway through? What is your assessment of this Vikings team right now? As As it pertains to overall picture oh yes big 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 picture picture. started training camp with super bowl aspirations i would say started week one the same as you see that this team now with with a pretty large sample size for a season your assessment of this team is you think they're in good shape you think they're in bad shape you still can't tell i'm i'm of i think i would choose i can't really tell i don't know what to make of this team because i don't think they're sunk but there are things that I see that definitely concern me. And I believe that the head coach has been in a sour mood now for quite a while the past few days because he would agree with my assessment. I think that there's still room to figure out where they are. Like the identity is getting there in the defense. I mean, that's yep. since week five to now, they're finally back to playing the type of ball that got them to the number one ranking last year. They're dominant on third down. They're pulling out huge red zone stops. They've been, you know, anytime a team's gone against them on fourth down, which really hasn't been that much since weeks five through not, weeks five through eight. Um, but any, but nonetheless, I mean, the defense is holding up its end. I think that the Saints' performance holding Drees to a hundred, holding Drew Brees to 120 yards passing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's ding- that's not a guy who dinks and dunks his way down to down to a 30 point win. That never happens. So 
I think the defense is in good shape. I was more concerned coming into the year that it would take this offense a lot longer to click and a lot longer to gel in, in, in the chemistry and all of that. There's moments where I'm like, wow, they're ahead of schedule. There's other moments where I'm like, yeah, we expected this to happen. We expected, I didn't expect Stefan Diggs to stop on his route, but I've expected, you know, some of the miscommunication errors that, you know, he talked about after the game on Sunday, expected things like that to happen. So it's like there's still so much unknown because it's, you know, you go three steps here, you go four steps back in this direction. I think that that's kind of the theme that we've learned here in the first eight weeks of the season. Um, and also another thing, I mean, I, we don't really know what is going I mean, this rookie draft class hasn't really done anything outside of Mike Hughes, who You're he right. gets hurt. I mean, you just, I mean, you don't really have much to go off of there. Last year, we're talking about how dominant Pat Elfline was mm-hmm. starting the entire season. And Dalvin Cook and before Dalvin he, Cook hurt, before like he gets hurt. Right. Um, and even Ben Gideon last year. I mean, obviously, they don't play base all that much, but, you know, he's a really good run stopper. I mean, I just. That's that to me. I always we do an assignment every single year right around this time where we evaluate the draft class, and I just have to give him kind of an incomplete grade because we just don't really know. I mean, Brian O'Neill should not be out there. He was never expected to be in this position. And then outside of there, I mean, Jalen Holmes has been pretty good. Uh, limited action once again, kind of on an as needed basis because you all of a sudden were down to two pass rushers uh, at true defensive ends, and you know everywhere else it's just kind of been like mm, Tyler Conklin, Devontae Downs. Yeah, you're right. Not whole, not a whole bunch of anything. Delvin Cook, yes. I, I believe you reported last week that your sources were telling you that he was going to sit out through Sunday yes. and and then play. No, that he was going to sit out through Saints through game Sunday and by oh, and throughout through the bye week. Bye week, okay. And that's still, from what I've heard, that's still kind of the plan for him. How confident are they that, that if he does return for the game, I believe coming out of the bye is at Chicago, correct? At Soldier Field. Yes. How confident are they that he's going to come into that game then fully healed? With that hamstring, which I'm sure is tricky, sure. because I've told Collar this a bunch of times. I think that if he comes back healthy, it changes a huge dynamic of this offense because they're not really passing short all that well. They mm-hmm. they don't seem to pass the ball to Murray much. Well, he's not. I mean, he's just not a pass right. But back. that but those plays have yeah. have to exist, right? Sure. So so what's your what's your sense or what do your sources tell you about the confidence that if and when he does come back, that it's going to be where he can contribute in full as opposed to this whole pitch count thing we saw against the Rams? And that's why I think they're doing it this way, because you, they haven't been able to rely on him. He has not been a reliable part of the game plan or, or giving you that confidence that, OK, we've, we can get him for 25 snaps and we can then move that up to X amount of snaps. It's just not the game that they want to play offensively when you do have someone like Latavius Murray and the teams that you faced recently that you're able to run on they had to get creative once again against the saints and i think i think you said it um I, you know i didn't think that was the number one rushing defense on sunday that didn't look like it i mean that no. the saints at all and i think they got creative i mean once again stefan Diggs with the screen game they're forcing things outside to kind of kind of create that pseudo run attack mm-hmm. um they need more of that we saw this i believe murray caught um the, the 12 yard run and then right after that somewhere in that first quarter, he had a you know a nice screen that he that he took, um, and and that to me is the best part of Dalvin Cook that he's so explosive catching passes out of the backfield. That's an element you just don't really have. I know they tried that at some points, um, you know, during the preseason. I thought that that was going to be the role that Mike Boone, Rock Thomas, those guys filled, and we just haven't seen that come to fruition. Definitely, yeah. but you get Cook back, you can throw him in the slot, you can have him coming out of the backfield, and you know that's how you, that's what you want to game plan around. They just haven't been able to. No, and it, it seems like 
it seems like if they could, it, it would put a dynamic that, that would definitely potentially make them more dangerous down the field. Mm-hmm. And Thielen and, um, and Diggs are fantastic. But if you could get them any help at all, I think it's going to be very big. And especially these next three games, because you go division Detroit, bye week, Chicago division, Green Bay. And, and Chicago's a place that historically they have not yes. played well, and they were one one interception away from losing that game probably last year. So, I mean, that's that's a tough one. And and that's I think, is one of your measuring sticks for the division. Because I think we know, as, as I know we've talked about, there is a lot of uncertainty about Green Bay. I mean, we know Aaron Rodgers is really good, but the rest of the makeup of the team right. up in the air I think Chicago's that outlier where it's like, how how dangerous really is this team? We know Trubisky's not very good. He's not a franchise quarterback. That's in its own box over here. How good is that defense, though? I think though? with Mac back, it's really, and, really good. And he'll I think be healthy the, at that point. Yeah, you're he'll right. Be, he, I think they play this week, and then, I mean, they've got they've got three weeks till that game. The Vikings are be coming off a bye. You know, if he comes back this week and, and finally gets kind of— And who does block him? Back, to your point. I know. Who, block, who blocks Khalil Mack? On this team, I asked this question in September. You know, right after, right after Zim, he signed. Zim's not going to like your question. If you ask Zim, he's going to tell you it's very rude. It's very, it's rude. very rude. To I'm ask asking who, about the game plan. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm never going to talk about the game plan. I just, I just remember watching Khalil Mack on that Sunday night game at Lambeau, which we know the Bears eventually lost. But watching him in that first half, I just thought, oh my god, I am scared for Rashad Hill. Because yeah. it, it, think it, about that, how Rashad Hill is, feels. Yeah, poor Rashad Hill. He's got to be thinking about that every waking hour. I mean, you think about what You're happened right. to Brian O'Neill this last week against Cameron Jordan. I feel and, bad for And Rashad's him. probably like, bro, I feel you. What happened to me in the playoffs? I feel I feel bad for Brian because poor Brian is being put into a situation that he, he shouldn't nev- be playing. He no. never should have been asked. And I know he has to play, but it still doesn't make it fair to him. No, and I mean, I think I think it's good NFL experience for this. This could be a franchise right tackle down the line once yeah. he gets more I mean gets more size and more mass on him but he's you know experience on a team that you're not being relied on to be a part of a playoff or Super Bowl championship though a team that has depth is yeah. what you're saying on yeah. the offensive line or, or just a team that sort of stinks and you can yeah. pull, and you get to play and if you do well that's great and if you don't okay you know we're we're going to win five games it's not Fair. these guys Take a break, come back. We will uh, wrap the show up by wrapping with Royce and then uh, Purple Live with Matthew and Courtney after that Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. That's just about the most fantastic scheme I've had to date. On 1500 ESPN. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd are back. Okay, then. On 1500 ESPN. TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd. Uh, Purple Live comes up at 6 o'clock. Time to wrap with Royce, though. Whoa. Are you there, Patrick? That was just a weird here. connection. What? I am here. How are you? Yeah, I am I am good. I want to start you with this. What is going on with the National Football League trading deadline? Because for years and years we'd get to this day and nothing would happen. We actually had a flurry of activity today. It yeah, was fantastic. What is the Packers? I can see them getting rid of Ty Montgomery because they're mad at him and they got a few running backs. But why are they getting rid of Ha I I mean, Nate, why, why with their problems... Yeah, in the secondary that are constant. They got all these young guys, and three of them will get hurt. There's, we know that they're they're running. The the only people that get hurt more often than Packer defensive backs are Packer offensive linemen. What the hell are they doing? I mean, uh, bring back uh, Ted. My God, this is uh, this. I bet 
I bet Aaron Rodgers, you could cook an egg on his head right today, man. Have you ever what they're doing there? Have Have you ever seen a a, a valued player treated more uh, with less no. respect than Aaron Rodgers? Oh man, he was bad. Uh, what was it, Sunday night or Monday night? I can't remember which. But, Sunday. Uh, he he was not real happy with the uh, with Coach Montgomery's. I mean, Coach not Montgomery, Coach McCarthy's uh, play calling. That's for sure. It's. Uh, but then again, he has what? How much money does he have there to soothe himself? What, what was the uh, What was the contract? So, one hundred and eighty or ninety or whatever the hell. It was. I think so. Yeah, something something like that. But McCarthy's not gonna. McCarthy's not going to survive this, is he, Pat? No, no. If they don't make the playoffs this year, he's out. I think he's out probably because Rogers is about to go up to the office, and I don't know what he can do, but he can say trade me or get rid of this guy. Enough is enough. So, but I mean, the front office has treated him worse than McCarthy has, for goodness sakes, don't you think? Oh yeah. Well, the the thing about it is, they year after year, Ted started to put this defense around him that was horrible, and no one really ever fixed it. I got a hot take for you. Okay. Brett Favre could not carry Aaron Rodgers' uh, athletic supporter, and yet he's only been to one Super Bowl. Favre had much better players surrounding him than this guy does. Well, Favre had a line that stayed healthy, and he had running backs that stayed healthy. And Reggie, for God's sake. These guys are, uh, I don't know, they they have messed it up, man, because I got news for them. The next one in this line is not going to be as good. You're not going to go from Favre to Rodgers to somebody just as good as those two. I got news for you, fellas. You know who's coming up next? Who? Don my Mikowski or something. The Magic Man or something. Oh, Jim Lynn Dickey. It's Lynn Dickey Jim next, Delgazzo. Pat. Lynn Dickey. Some jackass like that. These guys are looking at 20 straight losing seasons like they had before, basically. As soon as Rodgers gets hurt, so they're you, idiots over there. So, Pat, you're not a believer in Deshaun Kaiser? The Deshaun Kaiser project is not, you're not buying into that, huh? No, no, he's long, and he's part of a long line of mediocre Notre Dame quarterbacks. So. Hey, your your thoughts on uh, Garvin Alston, Jeff Smith, Guadardo, Gene Glenn, and Jeff Pickler, who I thought was a rising star, all being gone. Did they uh, and they're not? Is Pickler being moved up to the front office, or is he out to the completely? I just saw supposedly he was going up to the front. Oh, office. okay. I just saw that that he, he was off the coaching staff, but uh, well, the strip had that today. Knew, all those guys knew they were going. They all knew they were going. Well, but here's yeah. what I can't understand. Yeah, I like James Rousen, nice enough guy, but the hitters had a worse year than the pitchers, right? Yes. So the two guys that stay are the two hitting coaches. Yes. What have they done? I don't know. What the hell have they done? Max Kepler hit two fifteen. I mean, and and you know, Alston probably was not a great hire, but the pitching was uh, far less substandard than the hitting as far as uh, the the talent that was available. So I'm, I, I guess we're not judging anything on the performance of the players. These guys were coaching were just judging it on who we like better and we like Rousen better than we like the other guys. But so didn't didn't your didn't your boy geniuses hire Garvin for Paul last year? Yes, they made him take him when he wanted a guy like Bob McClure or somebody like that. Actually he wanted Trips Boston who ended up getting fired in, in Detroit because he couldn't get along with anybody, but uh but uh yeah, they they made Paul take him and then they they fired him. So.
But, I, I don't know. But this is where, I mean, now we're at the point now, Pat, where, you know, Falvey and Levine, this, this is all, this is completely their baby now, right? Like everything, they've got oh, yeah. their fingerprints all yeah. over this thing now. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's good. But, hey, by the way, have you seen the Mets' new general manager? I saw your tweet, and positive Pat was damn near not positive. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the brink of giving up on baseball has been my sport my entire life. I love it. They got they're pushing me to the edge and this guy may push me over the edge. I wouldn't buy a two bedroom house from this guy because he's gonna and there's gonna be a crack in the foundation, I guarantee you, that he's not gonna tell me about. Uh have you this is unbelievable. Brody he's Van Wagenen is, is his yeah, name. Yeah, the slickest agent, agent you have yeah. ever seen with the phony tan and the whole deal. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say, you know, unbelievable. Baseball is being ruined by these geniuses. What's your new sport? I don't have one. I'm going to Netflix. I'm going to watch Netflix. <laughs> the hell with it. I'll only watch sports when I have to. I'm done with them all. They all drive me crazy. You just need another uh, season of Ozark, Pat. That's all you need, right? Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, yeah. I, I want to run away and get married to that trailer trash girl because she'd uh, she'd make me rich. Have you have you checked her out? I don't know what her name is, but she's uh, she's fantastic in Ozark. But uh, she she could make some money. She could cook up a nice pot of meth for you, <laughs> and you could make some money. So. Oh yeah, that's, <laughs> those are hard to find these days. Yes, yeah. No, I might blow up the trailer, but that's okay. That's, no, I mean it's it's. But I mean, God Almighty, what are we doing here? What are we doing? You know, send out a guy who can pitch. Have him go seven and a third. Uh, score four runs. Win the game. Stop taking four hours and ten minutes to play nine innings. You idiots! You're ruining the game. We want. You know who should be the most valuable player in baseball right now? Williams Ostadio. He's yes. the only guy I can stand to watch hit. Plus, he's sort of fat, so I like him because of that. He, ma- right. he makes me like feel like I'm in better shape. Right, everything about him. He ran around, and the one time he had a chance to score a run, he ran faster than Buxton. He ran harder than Buxton. I don't know if he You know what the answer for this yeah. problem is, Patrick Royce? Another bar in Target Field. That's what we need. We need another bar in Target Field. Yeah, I got news for them. It's going to be lonely over there next summer. It's going to be lonely. They can close down a couple of those bars. It's uh, it's their ticket. Their season ticket's going to be under 10000 Wow. Which is a pretty good fall from, I think, 26 when they started off 10 years ago. So you got gold for you football. You got the year, Twins. Yeah. You know, is next year is 10 years in that place. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Greatest sports bar in town. That's what I call it. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. All right, Royce. We'll talk to you later. All okay. right. Bye. Goodbye. All right, Mackie and Jed. We're done. Uh, TCL Broadcast Studios. Uh, the Purple Hour up next. Matthew Collar, Courtney Cron. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.